Hello and welcome to Roll at the Barrel, the show hosted by two UK fans of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm Sean, you can find me on Twitter at Haders Hair. And with me, as ever, is my erstwhile brewing colleague, Mr. At UK Brew Crew himself. It's Mark Lewis. How are you, Mark? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Very well, yeah. Um, nicely uh, refreshed and relaxed. Just actually had my first holiday in, well, since before lockdown has happened. So, uh, yeah, got away for a bit, had a nice little break, a uh, few beers and, and whatever. So, yeah, we're doing all right. So, uh, what about yourself? You been up to much? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. I mean, as obviously loving the baseball, and we'll we'll go through that in a bit, but uh, also loving watching the Olympics at the moment. I've always loved it since, since I was a kid and... Um, I've been off work for two weeks, um, and it's just been a great a great time just to to veg out on the sofa and watch amazing sport. So yeah, it's just been been absolutely fantastic. Really, really enjoying that. Have you seen much of it yourself? Uh, yeah, but actually, I've been watching bits here and there. I mean, obviously, I've been off this week, so um, been able to watch a little bit more. But yeah, I was watching the um, the speed climbing. I mean, how awesome was that event? Do you see much of that? It's like I did. I'm not. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. I didn't didn't know how they were going to make climbing an Olympic sport and all of a sudden you've got these guys running pretty much up a wall 15 15 meter wall in like five seconds it's unbelievable yeah crazy <laughs> absolutely crazy problems yeah. getting on the first little ledge let alone anything <laughs> else so so um it's been a while since we've done a pod um six weeks is it something like that I'm not sure yeah, but um yeah. We thought yeah. we'd uh, give the Brewers fans a, a bit of a break from listening to our uh, British British gabble. But no, good to be back. Um, some excellent, excellent baseball being played at the moment. And um, pretty exciting for us because we have a guest on the show um, who is a big presence. I think it's fair to say in the in the world of the U- UK book supporters, he's a, he's a real big, big presence on Twitter. Um, I'm talking about Sean Foley, who you guys can uh, find out there on Twitter at UK underscore books. Um, Sean, welcome to the show, mate. It's great to talk to you. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, not at all, mate. The pleasure, the pleasure is all ours. Now, listen, the first question, and I think um, many, many books fans are still partying, I think, from what I can gather on Twitter. Um, how are you after those NBA finals? And uh, can you believe that you are now champions? It's only just sank in that we are actually the NBA champions, to be fair. It took a while, but I'm not going to lie, I'm actually enjoying being able to sleep through the night at the moment. And I actually got a full <laughs> night's sleep for once. It makes a change. Yeah. Only only idiot Brits would follow American sports, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> only only even dafter ones are the ones that stay up all night and go to work without any sleep. It's a tough yeah. gig. And, and how's, I know that you're... you're you're not married yet, but you're soon to be married, aren't you? So how's your, I am six weeks. your future wife with, with all of this? Is she okay with you staying up uh, all hours of the morning? I am, I think, truth be told. She just, she's learned to accept it more than anything else. But I can watch it in bed, can't I? So it's not the end of the world. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm around. I think if I watch baseball in bed, my wife would kick me straight out of the bedroom window. Absolutely no <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> I see. Mains can sleep through anything. She can sleep through a storm and doesn't bat an eyelid. It's great. Is that right? Yeah. So I'll just text. Yeah, so as I say, Sean, you're a big presence on on Twitter. Uh, clearly, a massive, massive basketball fan. Uh, and in a minute, we'll um, we'll we'll have a quick chat, really, about your backstory and how you fell in love with the sport, and um, and a little bit about about yourself, really. But um, one of the things I must say that I love about yourself, and, and I know you do it from on purpose, and it's 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 great, is that you always like to put a little Scottish twang into your tweets. 
You know, you kind of yeah. you like to spell the words as you'd say them in Scotland. And I wonder, I wonder whether you've had any comments from the guys over in the states to sort of say what, what, what do you mean? There's been a couple that have asked what a few words mean, but I think they're I think folk are starting to get used to it now. Obviously, I've had yeah. the account running since I think it's the end of January I started up. So I think they're slowly starting to understand a lot of the sort of Scottish babble that I'm speaking now. <laughs> they're starting to understand, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I say, it's it's a great time to be a fan of Wisconsin sports at the moment. Uh, obviously, the Bucks champions, um, the Brewers uh, leading the NL Center at the moment um, by seven and a half games from the Cincinnati Reds. Um, just an exciting uh, exciting time mark at the moment to be a fan of Wisconsin sport. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we were all a bit nervous, weren't we, <laughs> when uh, we uh, started off this season and the bats weren't working and, uh, you know, on paper the, the team was, was definitely good enough. But thankfully, it seems to have uh, clicked recently, doesn't it? Um, oh, well, it's been clicking since well before the All-Star game, hasn't it? I think probably since that, uh, the addition of Adamis and... Uh, and fire rising going down to Tampa Bay. So um, yeah, we've we've been doing really well. And then obviously uh, the Bucks, who uh, have been pretty outstanding for the last three seasons, I believe, um, who pretty much should have probably gone back to back to back on championships, let alone just only getting the one this year, um, finally getting their uh, their championship. Um, I, I do kind of laugh a little bit. I suppose it's a bit hypocritical to say that I'd kind of laugh to say that, that Milwaukee are the world champions, but then we play in the World Series. So it's, <laughs> you know, we're kind of just as bad, aren't we? But um, yeah, I mean, what what an unbelievable time. I mean, I know that uh, kind of Wisconsin Twitter has been, been electric recently um, and everybody's been really excited. And uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing there's been a fair few hangovers from, from many people that support Wisconsin sports recently. Yeah, absolutely. And, and rightly so as well. If you can't get drunk when your team uh, win the title, I don't know when you can. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. Uh, Brewers are playing exceptional baseball at the moment, I think it's fair to say. We're a plus 91 run differential at the moment and a, and a 5.96, I think it is, or 5.98 season. So we're almost 600 uh, on the season. Just, And we'll talk a little bit about the demise of one or two of the other teams in the league a little bit later in the pod. And that'll be very sad for us to talk about the Cubs and, and the Cardinals <laughs> and, and how they're struggling. But, you know, we have to because, you know, in the <laughs> in the spirit of, of keeping things equal, we need to talk about all the teams and how they're and how they're progressing. But um, but before we go into into to baseball in any uh, in any any depth, Sean, um, obviously you're our you're our basketball expert on the pod. So call me that. tell us a little bit tell us a little bit about about your backstory. I mean, how did you get into to basketball and and specifically the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks? So, to be fair, I've followed basketball since I was in school. So we're probably talking about 10 years or so. Um, back in 2013, I went over to New York and ended up taking in a Brooklyn Nets and LA Lakers game, which, to be fair, it probably up there is one of the best sporting experiences I've ever had. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to a basketball game, but the atmosphere in the arena is just insane. To say, I didn't really follow a team, though, to be fair. I just sort of watched any game that was on the telly. I'm a massive Packers fan, so when it came to planning going over to America to do the sports, why support teams in different states when you can just tour the one state and see them all? So picked the Bucks about three, four, in fact, no, about four or five years ago. Started started following the Bucks, and then last couple of seasons I've really ramped it up. Up until this year, that we've obviously started the UK Bucks account. So definitely. Yeah, it was a great year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and are there, are there many um, Bucks fans in the UK, Sean? 
there's actually quite a few. There's more and more coming out of the woodwork, which I don't know if a few of them are obviously sort of jumping on now that the scene were actually decent. But I think there's probably about 40 or 50 of us in total that I sort of came across on Twitter. Okay. I'm assuming I'm assuming there's more that aren't actually on social media, but there's a decent amount. I don't know how many um how many UK Brewers fans there are, Mark. There are on, on, certainly on Twitter. I mean, we got we've got quite a a close knit community of sort of I don't know maybe ten or twelve uh, that we could probably reel off their names. But you know, as sure as sure mentions, I'm sure there's a lot more that maybe aren't even on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I think there's there's at least thirty or forty that I've had communication with um not on a regular basis and i know that when we did the london series um i i made myself very present and uh, wore my brewer stuff around uh, the london stadium and looked for every brewer fan that i could possibly find and jumped at them um yeah, it was kind of like until the police were called yeah so uh, yeah i would say we're, we're kind of uh, in in the region of 30 to 40 um and there's probably more like you say there's you know there's people that aren't on social media um and, and to be honest who can blame them at the moment <laughs> you know i have to really really kind of stringently sort of uh, filter out an awful lot of stuff on social media at the moment but yeah the brewers twitter is is the one thing that that's not going so um yeah um but yeah there's it's it's definitely growing i think there's there's definitely people that are getting on board and uh, and obviously i think the the bucks themselves now um people would have heard of them um definitely if you if you've got a sky sports subscription you probably would have seen more news about the bucks and uh, and their win so uh, yeah i would assume that uh, if we talk to you this time next year sean you'll probably be talking about 100 100 plus <laughs> yeah it's open <laughs> I mean, it's you've got to have a passion, haven't you? Because obviously, we, it, as we've said, it, it, watching games through the night or early in the morning, or or it's catch up the next day, and um, you've you've really got to have a passion for it. Otherwise, you're not going to last five minutes. Yeah, um, no, it's a dangerous game, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, when you when you get these kind of results, it's sort of uh, it, it really does. It's 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 worth it, isn't it? It's absolutely worth it. Have you ever seen the the books play, Sean, live? I've not, no. So I've, the only game I've been to was the Nets Lakers game. The plan is I've managed to convince my well, soon-to-be wife that my honeymoon should take in Wisconsin. So we're, <laughs> don't ask me how I've convinced her of this, but she said yes. So we're looking at doing Milwaukee and sort of Wisconsin as a sort of bigger trip next year at some point and then do New York and LA whilst we're at it. Which means obviously if I time it right, I can do a Packers, Brewers and potentially a Bucks game all in one. So, wow. I don't know I if the Packers will play at the same time as the Brewers, though. When, when oh, the NFL? Yeah, September. September. Yeah, September, right, actually, I think. So that might not work. Yeah. Either way, I should get two or three, which isn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, so, yeah. yeah. We'll definitely take that. So, yeah, what's well, the, so the honeymoon's going to be a, just a road trip around the States, then? Is that the idea? Um, I think so, aye. So, we're going to start off in Milwaukee, do a couple of Bucks games, obviously taking either the Brewers or head up to Green Bay. And then from there, either fly or drive down to sort of New York and then fly over to LA. So don't, I, I don't know how I've convinced her, but I don't really want to be asking these questions, to be honest. But this, Mate, I, gonna, take it. I can tell you, even, what a even, salesman. Yeah, I was going to say, even if the football season isn't going, then um, still go up to Green Bay because um, I went up, uh, I went over in uh, June of 2017 and I basically decided that uh, when am I ever going to go to Green Bay again? So I drove from Milwaukee all the way up to Green Bay and just did a stadium tour and that was phenomenal where it, it, 
So, you know, I mean, we are talking, it's a, probably a good two and a half hour drive north from Milwaukee, but uh, it's definitely worth the trip, even if you don't get to go and watch a football game. The, the, the stadium tour is pretty awesome. And I'm sure there's a few things. I know the lakes up in the top of uh, North Wisconsin are pretty, uh, pretty beautiful. So, um, yeah, it's definitely worth the visit, even if you don't get a football game. So, and then, of course, if you time it right as well, the 2022 season fixtures have just come out. So you might be able to go from Wisconsin to New York and watch uh, the New York Mets and uh, the Brewers play. Because <laughs> oh, we're, they're the we're sure. playing in New York as well. So, <laughs> ah. so if you time it right. right. <laughs> well, I know that Wisconsin is it's a big hunting country as well, isn't it? So, uh, you know, maybe you could uh, go in there and trap yourself a bear, Sean, or something, you know? Hey, never know. Bring it home. So make sure you take a big suitcase with you to bring it home with you, yeah? <laughs> oh, that sounds great so um going back to the box season i mean um apart from the obvious which is was, was winning the the nba what were your sort of personal highlights of the season sean um i think there was a game against the pacers where we were absolutely hammering them up by stupid amount of points and you've got Giannis on the sideline by camera decided to become the photographer for virtually the whole of the fourth quarter that was brilliant Again, just so jovial and sort of a bit of a novelty more than anything else, wasn't it? Um, the the next series, Game 7 against the Nets in the playoffs, probably stands out as the biggest one, though. Obviously, it went to overtime. If it wasn't from Kevin Durant having a big toe, we would have went out. <laughs> but I think that probably stands out as probably the biggest point of the season for us, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually watched that game because that was free on uh, Sky Sports Mix, I believe. So I set it to record and I watched it probably six seven o'clock the next morning without knowing the result and uh, i think that's the first time i've been proper like oh no watching a basketball game and then that replay of seeing his toe touching the line and it going to to the extras it was like oh my god how did i get through this it was just you know i, I, so I had nervous. my head in my hands at that point and i thought yeah. the season was over i was like it's done that's us look back up and then the replay came on i was like oh he's got a bigger toe than we all thought That'll do. <laughs> here we go it's all a matter of inches. It's very much like the uh, <laughs> the uh, baseball as well. That's all about inches as well. So you played Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns, didn't you? In the uh, sorry, what what what's the basketball equivalent of the World Series? Just the NBA Finals, right? Yeah, NBA yeah. Finals. I NBA fine. Finals. Sorry. Um, so you played the Phoenix Suns, and Phoenix went two games up. How was your feeling then? Still confident that the books would come back? You know, I, I was though. Aye, so obviously in the best of seven, it's two. We played two road games first, didn't we? You're not expected to win road games straight away, are you? So we were two 0 down, but as long as we held home court going in the games three and four, I was confident enough we were going to be okay. We obviously did, and then we took game five on the road as well, didn't we? So we knew we had to win a road game at some point, but when we were two 0 down, everyone seemed to start panicking. But it was also the same against the Nets. We went two 0 down against the Nets in the second round in. Excuse me. Everyone started going crazy. Yeah. So you still had hope. Yeah. But back at, um, is it the Fiserv Stadium back in Milwaukee? Fiserv Forum. Fiserv Forum. Forum, yeah. That's, uh, you were still confident that the Bucks had the firepower to come back, right? Yeah, always. You're in the finals. It's never going to be easy to win them, is it? You're not going yeah, to win every series 4 0. So you know you're going to lose games at some point pretty much how american sports works isn't it you're, you're not going to win them all so but yeah, yeah so um, so yeah i suppose um we we ought to ask then uh, about the the bucks in six because obviously bucks in six worked for, for this finals uh, how, how did the bucks in six come about and and uh you know it's, it's a hashtag that i've used but i don't really know its origin how did that come about i'm not entirely sure i think a couple of years ago there was a joke it was bucks in four and then this year they just decided to go with bucks in six in 
Everyone sort of widen the it. net a little bit. <laughs> Pretty much. I thought, aye, you know, play it safe. Yeah. But, aye, it was also good fun going about with it. And I think the fact we actually won it in six games was just made it even better, didn't it? Yeah, it definitely worked on Twitter, didn't it? So, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that, was, that, that hashtag was mad, wasn't it? And... Obviously, so at the moment, it is, what, closed season in basketball, and um, I know there's been some trade talks going on. Been a few Bucks fans, according to Twitter, obviously been on, on Brewers' Twitter. We're effectively on Bucks' Twitter as well. Um, right. um, been quite a few people who have seemed to be getting a bit hot under the collar about trades that either have happened or, or haven't have happened. What's your thoughts on that, Sean? So we're in the free agency now. I'm a little bit sort of torn because... We've signed Bobby Portis back on, again, for some reason, he's taken a stupid pay cut to stay with us, which, you know, loyalty like that, you can't really buy, can you? It's outstanding. No. He wanted to come back. He's intentionally taking less money for it to play for us. Which So we started off really well signing him. Twitter went mental. We were all absolutely buzzing. For either the day after or two days later, we lost PJ Tucker. When, again, we had the option to sign him. We had his rights to give him more money than we could actually afford. But the owner decided against it, and he's went down to Miami for less money. So it's been a bit of a hit and a miss. I think the PJ Tucker one stung a lot, well, stung for a lot of fans in terms of how they now feel about it. But, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? Mm. Well, and that made another couple of signings that they're not, they're not groundbreaking, but we need bench players. So they're going to come in and do their role, hopefully, for what we need them for. And there seem to be upgrades on the players that we've let go from the team. So And it is the general feeling in yeah, is the general feeling in Milwaukee that you know the books will looking at retiring the crown next year? Is that something that's uh, on the cards? Or I think the big issue we have is a lot of the other teams, especially Brooklyn Nets. They were obviously a big super team last year with the big three they had, albeit their top three players very rarely played together. But they have continued to strengthen their team, which you know going into this season, if they can keep the majority of them healthy, it's going to be hard to beat them again. But saying that. You know, there's no nothing saying we can't beat them. It's, yeah. It'll be a best of seven series again when it comes to the playoffs. And well, playoff basketball is a bit different to sort of regular season. So hopefully we can get something out of it. But I do, th- I do think we'll be there or thereabout. I don't think we're going to be one of those champions that goes out in the first round next year. I think we're definitely going to make sort of the second round or the um, conference finals at the very least. And of course, you've got that talisman Giannis. Oh, he is absolutely incredible. Him and his brother. I'm, I've got a big soft spot for his brother, who quite clearly is not as good at basketball as Yanis. But the energy that man provides is like a cheerleader sitting on the bench. He's brilliant. It, you can quite clearly see that both of them just love playing basketball. Yanis is just unstoppable at the moment. So is his yeah. brother Thanasis, is that right? That, that's the one. He, he is like the kid that has made the team that nobody expected to make it, and he is just there enjoying himself. You can you can quite clearly see that he doesn't care that people not everyone rates him as a basketball player, but the energy and sort of commitment that he gives to the team, I still stand by it second to none. I say that the whole season that's just finished that his kind of energy can change a game. You know, if you're down by a few, bring him on for a bit, and he just he goes crazy. I don't actually think there's a way to describe how sort of big he can be for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, yeah. That seems like a very Milwaukee thing, doesn't it? The clubhouse is definitely the way the clubs are run. Um, get get the clubhouse right, and and everything else seems to click into place. That's it. Yeah, look look at the Brewers. That's exactly what it's been like this year. Exactly. And to be honest, last year as well. That that Brewers dugout this year, it just looks like a fun place to be. You know, there's no long faces. There's energy. There's high fives. There's butt slapping. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, 
it's just these guys feel like they're having fun, and that's really coming out in their play. And I assume it's the same with the books. It is, but you need that, don't you? You know, they work. They'll see each other more than they see their families. They spend time together. You want them to get on, and like you're saying, if they're having fun together and having a laugh, that's going to transfer onto the court or onto the baseball pitch, and you're going to get the results you need, aren't you? Absolutely, I think you're right. You, you know, you, you get the mental side of the game right, and uh, with the let's face it, they've all got the ability. They're all professional players. Um, but if you can get that mental attitude right and that and that, that spirit decor, that camaraderie, it's yeah, I mean, it just pushes you up another notch and, and you need to push up those notches if you are going to become champions. Um clearly the exactly. books have got it right this year. You've had the, the Twitter account you say since um January, Sean, yeah? That's the one. And you've also uh got your own podcast. Uh do you want to give us a little plug on that? So where can the where can the listeners find your podcast? Um, you can find it on all major platforms. So it's called Don't Give a Buck. It's on Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, it's recorded on Anchor, so it's on Anchor as well. Um, so basically, anywhere you want, you listen to, it, you can find it. It's looking. At, it's going to be coming back this year. I started it last year on my own. To be honest, I didn't particularly enjoy chatting to myself I'm sitting in the kitchen. If I'm honest, so so I, I gave in after a few episodes. But I now I've got myself a co-host with a guy called Matt who's a big Bucks fan for the UK, so we're going to look at sort of getting it together, getting it back up and running and having a lot more guests on the show, which I'm hoping at some point I'll be able to pester the Bucks into giving me somebody to chat to. Uh, I've got a bit of work to do before we get to that. I was going to say, but actually you get more interaction from the Bucks than we get from the Brewers. So. <laughs> to be fair, the Bucks are actually really good on Twitter. Same with the Wisconsin Herd. They're G League affiliates. They're both brilliant. Okay, so that's the podcast Don't Give a Book, hosted by Sean and, was it Matt, sorry? Matt, it will be, yeah, bye. Yeah, Matt as well. So check that out next time you're looking for uh, a podcast. Certainly all of you Wisconsin basketball fans out there. Um, so wanted to have a little chat as well about, I think, something that transcends both basketball and, well, definitely basketball and, and baseball and also American oh, <laughs> People listening will laugh when we call it American football because in the UK we call it American football because football to us is soccer in the States. It's all really confusing, isn't it? But And this was about fans. One thing I love about the US fans is that passion, absolute die-hard passion. But they can be quite an unforgiving lot. I think a bit more unforgiving than maybe your average British sports fan who's maybe a little bit more chilled out. I know early in the season with the Brewers, when we were didn't have a great start, and offensively we were pretty poor, and there was a lot of people getting on Andy Haynes' back, who's the, the hitting coach. They've mellowed out a lot now, uh, because we're now having a rampant season, and we have a run differential of plus 91. But did you have a similar experience with the, the, the Bucks fans uh, that you've interacted with? Um, you know, passion's one thing, but sometimes you just got to sit back and let the team do what they do, don't you think? Correct, aye. So the Bucks fans are all very, very passionate about the team. To be fair, about Milwaukee sports in general. You know, I think like you touched on earlier on, if you support one team, you generally support all three teams between the Packers, the Brewers, and the Bucks. There was the fire buds movement that sort of happened about halfway through the season, which, believe it or not, was actually still going on through the finals. But even when we were two 0 down in the finals and two two, there was still chat of even if we won the championship. We should still fire Bud, which I, to be fair, I found absolutely crazy. I think I was one of the minority that actually wanted Bud to stay with the team, but I think that also just come like you're saying. The fans over here are a little bit different to the way the fans over in the states think and act. We are also a little bit more forgiving and give folk a little bit more time. 
there were still fans saying that even if we won the championship, they wanted Bud to be fired, which I didn't quite understand. I don't have that mentality. I was a big fan of the fact that he had led us to the finals. At the very least, he's got one year left on his contract. The man desires to continue with his contract. The, mm. Now that he's obviously won the championship, I don't think we can fire him. I don't understand how we could. I'm not saying we necessarily have to extend his contract, but I don't think you can fire a man that has just brought you what is the holy grail in basketball, can you? No, that was the other just day, a frustration, it? isn't it? And, yeah, yeah, you know, so. as I say, it, it, it just... <laughs> It comes of passion, really. And yeah. I think some people might... You know, the thing is with Twitter and, and any social media, you, 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 you get the hump, you write something and you send it, and that's it. It's gone and it's out there. And, and I think maybe some people would, would retrospectively look at what they did and go, well, maybe I was a bit harsh. But um, as I say, I, it's not it's not us having a go at the fans at all because it comes of passion and um, the desire to to want to do well and, and to really support your team. Um, and, and I would caveat it as well, and I'm sure it's exactly the same with the with the books fans, Sean, um, that there's certainly plenty of Brewers fans out there which are just like me and you, Mark, and just take that yep. back seat, that experience, and say, just chill, just yep. chill. We're in a bit of a lull. Um, you know, uh, we've got a good team. Uh, we're going to be okay. We've been saying that we're the best in the National League Central uh, all year. And that's now becoming to, coming to fruition, even with the COVID challenges that the team have got at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 just such, and I think basketball's the same. It's such a long season. I mean, baseball, one hundred sixty-two games. That's ridiculously long. A lot. You're can not happen. going to win them all. Exactly right. Yeah. Not a chance in hell are you winning all of them, are you? But see, my favourite part about the whole firebird thing was Bucks, the Bucks Twitter account. Like you were saying, they're very active. They also follow a lot of Bucks fans. They actually started on following all the fans who had put anything related to Firebud on Twitter. Because at one point, everybody had been changing their profile photos to a Firebud thing. And it was getting to the point that if they'd seen it, they were just unfollowing them and telling them yeah. where to go. Well, you know what? We've, we've spoken about um, the, on this pod a number of times um, about the effects of, of social media on the players, really. You know, these... They're people that they're just human beings. They're you know they've got husbands, they've got wives, they've got children, and um, some of the stuff you see posted out there, it, it, it's pretty hurtful. I'm, I'm quite I'm very personal sometimes. And you yeah. got to remember, these these are just they're they're regular guys doing a job, but they their their job is done in the public eye. And every minor slip, you know, every minor slip that we make at work, we kind of get away with. No one really finds out, do they? But any minor slip up that those guys do, it's in the public eye. It's uh, it's filmed from six different cameras. It can be viewed in all these different angles. It's it's such a high pressure environment that we've always taken the stance: just give a guy a break, just let them do what they do. They're, you know, they're in that buddy's in that position because he's very very good at what he does. That's why he's there. And you yeah. know, uh, it's been proved that you know that the books have done something that they've never done before. We had the, the conversation, didn't we? Um, or, or was it actually? It might have been that another podcast I was listening to. They were talking about when when the whole uh, fire Andy Haynes thing was about. It's like you can fire Andy Haynes, but who do you get in to replace him? I mean, <laughs> you know, there's not the, that many people out there that can just come in and replace him or improve what they're already doing. So you know, you can you can shout as much as you like about firing somebody because they're not doing their job right, but. You yeah. also have to do it at the right time because you need to have that replacement. You can't just get rid of them and then yeah, just that's the season gone, isn't it? You know, you know? All it does is it gives a bit of instant gratification to someone who's angry. That's, it does nothing more than that. 
And you know what? I'd be interested to hear your opinion, certainly in the world of basketball, Sean. But again, we, we've spoken about this. You, you can't teach Christian Yelich really how to hit the ball. These players are at the very, very top of their game. I think the best coaching they get is that on the mental side of the game, how to deal mm-hmm. with pressure, how to deal with with stress, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when I'm looking at, at coaches, you know, if if the team aren't hitting, and we said this, Mark, didn't we? Several, several times, you can't, you know, there is absolutely zero logic that says it's the coach's fault because we're not hitting. Because in that same breath, what you're saying is that coach has taken. 20 absolute world-class players and made them all terrible overnight. It just does not make exactly. sense. <laughs> all you can yeah. do is let them keep going. You know, give them a few words of wisdom, a bit of encouragement, and it will come back eventually, won't it? This is definitely the thing with the 162-game season in baseball. You know, you can have 10 really bad games, but you can have... 20 really good games and it completely counterbalances so you know we, you have hot streaks you have cold streaks and, and it happens with every player mentality is, is a real big thing in sport generally especially if you're making that much money like you look at Yanis's like supermax contract it's outrageous how much money he's making that obviously he is performing but there must be a pressure there where he knows he has to yeah. perform to that level you know Was it 34 he's, million he's dollars that money oh it's more than that it's in hundreds it's no, sorry, I mean, I mean, season. Oh, um, I think it starts off at thirty odd. I think in his last year for his player option, it's up in the forties or fifties. Yeah. So you know, you're looking at it and he knows. Looking at that, going right, I am making X amount of money. I need to perform. I can't have a bad game because I'm making this money. It's up to me to prove why I'm earning it. Yeah. It's the same, like you touched on there. We're the same in baseball, same in football. Doesn't matter what it is. You know, if you're getting a big money move, you know you've got to go out and prove your worth, don't you? The thing that I love about Yanis, though, is that, especially during the playoffs, it was terrible with his free throws at points. There were times where the ball wasn't even making it to the net. And instead of it getting in his head and getting upset, you know, there was a video of him in training laughing and he was taking the piss out of himself. He was having a laugh about being like, oh, you know, I need to work on this. I've hit the bottom, so the only way up now is, or the only way I can go is up. You're like, right, good mentality. That's what you want. Yeah. You could quite easily get in your head at that stage, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, only get worse as opposed to getting better. I've got one question, actually, about um, this is something I've said. Is, is Giannis the uh, the face of NBA? I think he has to be up there, doesn't he? He's a two-time yeah. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Finals MVP this year. I think it would be wrong for him not to be, you know, used for it. He doesn't want it, which is even better. He's a very, very humble bloke. He's quite happy just going about playing a game of basketball and then going back and spending time with his family, which is ideal. But I think the NBA need to look at the fact of using him because the story behind how he's made it to the NBA is just insane, which I'm not too sure if he was ever aware of. But, uh, no, not 100. I know he was drafted by Milwaukee, wasn't he, in something like 2013 or so? Something. <clears throat> I think that's right. Aye. But, you know, before he was playing basketball, he was selling sunglasses on the beach in Athens. Oh, Really? Yep, so he's literally, he came from absolutely nothing where he, when he first got drafted by Milwaukee, he was running to work because he didn't have a car. So he would run to training and things like that. And he was generally just went from, it's, I think it's one of the best rags to riches stories in the world. From, you know, going from doing what he was doing to help make money for his family in Greece to now being one of the best basketball players the NBA's ever seen. Mm. It's just, it's such a rags. It's the script of a Hollywood movie, that, isn't it? It is. There's a book just been written about him, which I just pre-ordered that I'm looking forward to reading. But I think, like you're saying, it is. It's a it's a movie waiting to happen. 
Okay, so we've spoken a lot about the books and uh, basketball, and rightly so. They've had a fantastic season, and uh, I know the whole state of Wisconsin uh, is, is buzzing. Um, so we're going to move on to baseball now. After all, that is the point of this podcast. Um, so, Sean, baseball, do you follow it? What do you know about it? I started following it a lot more this year. Um, I, started, I tried to follow it over the last few years. Again, like I was saying, when I was in New York a few years ago, went to the basketball, went along to Yankee Stadium for a tour, which, again, it was absolutely incredible. It's one of those iconic stadiums, isn't it? So went there. I tried following it, but, you know, there's that many abbreviations and different things that they say that I couldn't quite get my head around when it came to baseball. I basically just, I understood a home run and what a pitcher done. And that was, in essence, all I knew up until this season. Whereas... This year, both yourself and Mark have been really good at answering any questions I've got to make to sort of make me understand a lot more of what's going on. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. Now that I actually understand a lot more of it, I really enjoy watching it on telly. Yeah, great. I mean, so, I think it's one of those sports, isn't it? When you when you get what's happening, um, and don't get me wrong, uh, you know, for me, ba- baseball is very much like cricket. It's a simple game with thousands of different rules. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it can be complex, but um, no, you're right. I mean, the, the thing we love, me and Mark love about it is the sport's great anyway. I've always been a big cricket fan all my life, so it's not a massive leap to go from cricket to baseball anyway. But but also, all of the stats, the maths, as you say, the abbreviations, it has its um, it has its own language. And I think once you learn how to decipher it, it's um, you know, it, it becomes a really enjoyable sport. And the one thing we're uh, we're all about really on this pod is trying to raise awareness really about baseball within the UK because I suppose basketball's quite similar. It's a bit of a fledgling sport. Um, maybe that's because people don't fully understand it, um, and it certainly doesn't get the the TV coverage that maybe it should do. Um, but I think slowly and surely uh, that's changing in the UK. Is there any chance of any, any any NBA basketball being exported, do you think, to the UK or Europe? Because the fan base, certainly around Europe, is massive, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. So, again, like baseball, I think the, the apathy is definitely here in the UK for it. I think it's just a matter of being able to put it out there. So, like you're saying, you go into BT these days and you're guaranteed there's a baseball game on within an hour. Whereas yeah. Sky Sports have obviously picked up on a lot of um, basketball now, which is huge. They they have done a few UK NBA games over the last couple of years, which I think they're still planning on doing more of. And the Bucks were actually in Paris a couple of years ago as well. Okay. So they are they are bringing it to Europe and the UK, which is huge because, like you were saying earlier on, we sit and watch both sports through the night. You know, it would be nice to actually go and watch a game at a proper time of day. Yeah, and in person as well, yeah. without having to spend thousands of pounds travelling over to go watch it. Okay, so some really interesting insights there from from Sean Foley uh, regarding basketball. But Mark, this is Roll at the Barrel. It is a baseball podcast. So what say we have a chat about baseball, mate? Yeah, should we? Should we actually bring some baseball into a baseball podcast? It might be worthwhile, won't it? (laughs) Let's be radical. Yeah, we are. I do see us as pioneers. So let's go yeah. for it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. nobody's ever talked about baseball on a podcast before, have they? <laughs> well, some would argue that we don't still, but, you know, let's, let's, everyone, has, everyone deserves their own opinion, don't they? Listen, mate, I mean, we're recording this now uh, just after the second game against the Giants um, at in Milwaukee. We just lost that game in extras. We went up to 600. We're now sitting at 595 with a 66-45 record. Mate, it's just a fantastic time to be supporting the Brewers, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, it's just amazing, isn't it? And you know, we've we've hit form um, at this this season just at a time when everybody else seems to be completely tanking, don't we? <laughs> you know, mm. um, I, I know we we've still got a little bit of an issue with our with our offense, but actually, generally we've we have been scoring runs against some of the lesser teams. I mean, we scored quite a few against Pittsburgh. That really helped our run differential. The run differential was now what around about a hundred, isn't it? I can't remember off the top. Well, plus of my... eighty nine as we sit plus tonight. Eighty nine, yeah. So um, yeah. So you know, we went through a really really barren phase of of not scoring and not backing up and. Unfortunately, we did do a little bit of that last night um, in the uh, the second game at San Francisco. We were two one up coming into the ninth. Um, and then there was the unfortunate. Uh, I don't know how Garcia missed it, but he missed it. It's it's life. That's the way it is. Um, and they got the the tying run. But you know, we were in a winning position. Um, we we had that game in effect. Really, it's just that one minor error. Um, and and we, you know, I'm perfectly happy with what I'm seeing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually getting to that point where I'm actually quietly confident we can we can go far in postseason at the moment. And you know I really don't want to jinx us, <laughs> you know, yeah. curse the commentator and all of that. But I, there's nothing that I'm seeing that isn't telling me that we're going to um, take the first spot of the National League uh, National League Central at the moment. So you know, and, you're right. And you know what's also sort of excited me recently? Um, you mentioned we've you know. In this format of sport, you have to do well against your divisional rivals, right? You're going to win your own league, and that gets you that that guarantees you that postseason berth. But irrelevant to what people think of the standard uh, of of the National League Central, I mean, we all know about that the, the the Pirates are struggling and the Cubs are tanking, and we'll have a little chat about that in a minute. The Cards just haven't really got off the blocks, and the only ones really chasing seem to be the Reds. But you know, we're having a great season, but we're having a very good season against other interdivisional. Uh, teams and then the three that the three that, that that jump out at us really are the three from from the west coast there the Dodgers the Giants um, and the Padres and um, you know if we can take if we can take this third game tonight against the Giants and win this series two one it just bodes so well for as you say if and when we make postseason how far we can go I really do feel. With with the the recent trades, um, we, we bought in obviously Eduardo Escobar. He he's alone, you know. Um, but to me, that shows his intent that we want to do something this season. And as a Brewers fan, that just excites me so much. Yeah, yeah, it definitely excites me. I mean, we we're, <laughs> we're looking at. Um, I mean, we're quite lucky in the fact that it's probably only going to be the the winner of the NL Central is going to go into postseason. I think the rest of the Central misses out. On the yeah. plus side, the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres are probably going to have to meet each other in a wild card, and one of them is going to get knocked out. So, you know, when you look at preseason, everybody was talking about the Dodgers and the Padres being the teams to beat. Thankfully, they're probably going to have to beat themselves to, <laughs> to uh, you know, get anywhere in the postseason. So, uh, you know, that takes away one of the uh, one of the issues. Um, we're obviously showing that we can compete against San Francisco. Um, okay, I admit it. At the moment, we're we're one and one, but we should have had we should have had the second win last night. We should have had the series. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I tweeted earlier on. I would rather have that happen now than in postseason. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. But you know, um, I was talking about about um, Eduardo. I'm trying not to call him Pablo. I'm sure people do by mistake, <laughs> you know. But um, Eduardo Escobar. Bought him for a very specific reason um, from from the Arizona Diamondbacks, where he was having a, a great season. Always going to be 
a great offensive support for us this year. And in his, let's have a quick look at him. So in his 30 at bats and 34 plate appearances, he's posting a 267 batting average and an OPS of 920. So um, he's coming in and doing exactly the job that, that Stearns and Council brought him in to do. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, he's definitely a rental. Um, he's probably far too expensive for us to try and keep him uh, for past this season. But we, I mean, we now look at our, our infield, which you know, pre-season we were saying was a little bit weak. We now have Escobar, who can platoon first base, third base. We've got um, Colton Wong at second base, uh, Adamus at shortstop, Urias, who's, um, who's just improving now that the pressure has been taken off him in that middle infield. Um, and then of course we've, we've got the one and only Rowdy Tellez who stepped in. Rowdy. <laughs> Let's know. talk about Rowdy, oh, mate. Oh, I mean, what, what a side and he's been, I mean, where did he come from? I'm sure Toronto won him back, but you know, yeah. it's unbelievable <laughs> that story, isn't it? I mean, right. yeah. Like, and now what? all of a sudden it's, it's like our infield is, is a good infield. You know? Yeah. We've got all stars in there. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is about the Brewers, and I mean, thank the Lord it happens. But when we signed Tellez, and I, you know what, I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of people on on Twitter out there going, "What? what what's going on?" And um, I looked and I thought, you know, do what we all do. We go to the stats and we, you know, make a few sort of snap judgments. And I, I really didn't get it. Um, I know we needed something at first base, but nobody really thought Rowdy Tellez was the answer. And as ever, I know absolutely nothing about baseball. He's absolutely flying. <laughs> He's the only brewer at the moment who's sitting above a thousand OPS. He's sitting at ten twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, we say it time and time again, don't we? In Stearns, we trust. Just, just a phenomenal, phenomenal <laughs> snap, you know, from from Toronto. And, and what was it the other day? He hit a uh, the walk-off win, didn't he? And uh, yeah, and and yeah, he's just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was he, a... He hit more into, into right field, didn't he? Man, he's just coming up clutch. He's going out there and um, and he's just hitting that ball hard. Um, doesn't it sound so, great with everybody chanting his name as well when he's coming up to bat? I mean, that's that's what we, we want, isn't it? That's the characters that we want at, uh, at the Brewers. Um, I mean, mm. I, I am now a little bit worried that Daniel Vogelback's not going to come back, you know. Um, the other one we've, well, got, we've got to think about is Travis Shaw as well. I mean, where does he fit now if he comes back? I mean, I know he's still on the IL sixty, but yeah, you know, it is his are oh, his days numbered. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? I think so. I think um, I think you've mentioned before, mate, haven't you, that you you didn't see Daniel Vogel back, possibly not even making this whole season with the Brewers. Um, with with uh, Rowdy Tellez, I don't I don't know what the plan is, but yeah, potentially he's in jeopardy. Although Dan has done a good job for us too, so yeah. um, two very unlikely sort of characters really at first base have actually both done a really good job. And I'll tell you something else as well. I've been watching Rowdy Tellers at first base, and um, not only is he offensively good, he's a decent first base as well. Yeah, yeah, he's doing quite a few pickoffs, and and well, he's mm-hmm. doing all the right things, isn't he? You know, <laughs> there's not one person in Milwaukee that's looking in thinking, oh, <laughs> that was a bit dodgy, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's done yeah. exactly what he was brought in to do, and uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's it's great to see, you know, and then particularly as we we were going through the uh, the issues with Kirsten Hira, um, and it was obvious he needed to go back down to AAA for a bit just to kind of sort himself out and and get through his troubles. But yeah, it's just it's just a stroke of genius from Stearns as always, and uh, you know forever grateful that we have Stearns 
Who's, well, exactly. Who's, yeah. Who's running things and not us? Because if it was down to us, you know, I would have had Vogel back out. I mean, we probably wouldn't even have uh, Tellez there. We would have probably spent far too much money on somebody who's a big name that that just wants the money, and <laughs> we probably well, yeah. wouldn't be performing anywhere near as 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 well as we are. So. I think you're right. And I think it's interesting your comment on Travis Shaw. He's obviously, you know, he was having a decent season. He hurt his shoulder, didn't he? And he was on the IL, still on the IL 60. And yeah, you, you've got to look and, and say, well, you know, what's the future looking like for Travis now at the Brewers? Um, he, You know, when he came, it was it was clear he wasn't going to play in a minor league role. Yeah. Uh, he was either going to be playing, you know, major league or he was going to be off. And um, with Luis Arias, who's, I think he's been excellent this year and he's had a lot to contend with Luis Arias he's had players bigger players you know bigger names than him coming in and taking the so he go he was playing at shortstop we saw him William Adamas well he wasn't going to be playing shortstop was he no exactly and then he's at third base and he's done you know he's, he's taken the opportunity with Travis Shaw being injured I think he's been excellent uh, yeah. offensively as well as defensively and then what happens we saw an Eduardo Escobar an all-star where does he play third base Okay, yep. so I think Luis Arias has really shown great mental attitude, strength, and maturity to still be playing when he's called on as well as he is, considering that he's been kind of pushed around a little bit by by much much bigger names. Um, he's certainly going to learn from it, and he's playing with the very best in the game, which has got to be better for him. But I've just been, you know, he's a bit of an unsung hero for me. He's only twenty four years of age, and it's going to make him better and better. So. It does make me wonder whether Travis Shaw is going to uh, really come back uh, in any way for the Brewers. But like you say, Lewis, Lewis Arias is, I mean, he's just getting better and better, isn't he? You know, yeah. We, I'm yeah. not going to try not to jinx him too much, but obviously he did have quite a few errors at the beginning of the season. Seems to have stamped those out a little bit. And uh, yeah, like you say, he's really taking his chances with both the bat and the glove, really. Yeah, I mean, as I say, he, he actually leads the Brewers this season on, on runs. He scored 52 runs, which is more than anybody oh, okay. else. So, yeah, he's he's been great offensively, defensively. And as I say, for me, he's our unsung hero this season. He's dealt with a lot. So, offensively, mate, lots and lots to uh, be excited about. And um, let's move on to the defence briefly. I mean, it's been good to see our pitchers getting a little bit of offensive support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've known all season, haven't we, that our pitchers are... are pretty solid um uh, our starting rotation you know one to three was pretty good four and yeah. five were, were steady um we've had a few people coming in and out kind of sort of having a look at that fifth sixth spot yeah so it's nice that finally we're getting some bats to back them up um because yeah it's, it's unfortunate that like we've got um was it um woodruff that was uh pitching last night wasn't it and uh you know yeah. he he doesn't <laughs> yet again doesn't get a win because of a few defensive errors, you know, or, or, or things not happening. Yeah, I mean, he was awesome. He went for one and in six, uh, six innings pitched, six hits, yeah. but only one earned run. So he was great. Yeah, uh, struck out eight yeah. as well, didn't he? You know, and yeah, it's unfortunate that, that, you know, he seems to be the one particularly that doesn't seem to be getting the backup. He's doing all the right things. You know, he's got the 223 <laughs> yeah. RA. Yeah, he's just been amazing this season. Just whenever anything goes wrong, it always seems to be when he's our starting pitcher. You know, he's he's played in 22 games and he's got seven wins and six losses, you know. Yes. We, we it know, feels unfair, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, we it's know so that he should that. be at sort of 14, 15 wins now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've just, unfortunately, been no decisions 
because of the things that have happened after he's come off of off of the mount. Yeah, and uh, it's you know it's, it's out of his control, isn't it? And that's yeah. just the way the games works. And certain that win loss stats, you know, we we could talk ad infinitum about that. But um, I mean, he's been an absolute workhorse. He's he's pitched 137 innings for us this this season, which is more than 20 more than anybody else. Peralta 114, and you got um, Corbin 113. So he's really put a shift in for us this season. The 7-6, uh, yeah, I mean, anyone who knows about baseball doesn't worry too much about that. I prefer to look at his, uh, his uh, ERA at 223. And even more impressively for me is his ERA plus at 188, showing that he's performing very, very well. I mean, you look at the ERA plus of our, of our top three uh, starting rotation, 188, 189, and 175 for Corbin Burns. I mean, in, in all, the, all these polls that you see on Twitter... Um, these these three pitchers are deemed to be three of the very best in the National League. And they've been spoken about in the same breath as the Clayton Kershaws of this world. So, yeah, yeah just been, been awesome. And and also, I've been quite happy with Eric Lauer. You know, he's a bit hot and cold still. And he's yeah. certainly different gravy to those two. But I think he's come in and done a job. And also, Brett Anderson has done what Brett, has, Brett Anderson does in a game. Mm-hmm. I know that you know, he doesn't excite people, and they get a bit nervous. He's actually been he's been pretty solid. No, no, definitely. Um, you know, I, Brett Anderson's the uh, the experienced head in the uh, rotation, isn't he? You know, he's is he the oldest out of the the five? Well, he's, um, uh, yeah, he's thirty three, um, and you've got uh, Woodruff's twenty eight, Peralta's twenty five, Corbin's twenty six, Lauer's twenty six. So yeah, by yeah. by a few years, he's the he's so, the dad. Yeah, so basically, you know, he's the experience, and and then we've got the young guys that are uh, are learning their trade, really, you know, and and you know, they're taking all of their chances at the moment, aren't they? Which is which is yeah. why we're so excited in Milwaukee. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. is the reason yeah. why we're we're starting to think now, you know, with fifty odd games to go before the end of the season, that that postseason is a real chance, and and actually, if we can get this right, and we can line up that rotation correctly for. Uh, you know the uh, the divisional series game for a best of five. We, if we can get our one two three rotation in there, then we've got every chance of, of taking that. Um, whoever we end up playing against from the uh, East, whether it be the Mets, the Phillies, <laughs> the so Marlins, I'll be happy never with either at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I've got no Although, problem at all. Ironically, it's the East that we've struggled against, isn't it? Because you know we we've played San Diego, we've played them seven times, beat them five two. Um, we're doing all right against the Giants at the moment. Yeah, we played two. We've drawn one. Mm-hmm. Uh, drawn one. Cool. We're not. We're now back into Premier League. We've won one, lost one. Um, yeah. You know, and and we've we've held our own. And like I say, we should have won last night, really. But you know, unfortunate. I so think last you know. night showed that. Yeah. I mean, obviously Josh Hader is. I think he's still on the IAL because of COVID, yeah, is, isn't he? Yeah. But he's, he's he's surely soon to come. I know that Yelly's back out with us now, isn't he? And I think Josh Hader is soon, but. I think last yeah. night just showed when you look at the guys there who were who were closing for us. Um, I mean, we gave up seven runs, didn't we, in those in the 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 tenth and the eleventh, which was pretty mad, really. But when you look at the guys that we had closing for us there, uh, okay, Ang- Angle Podomo did okay. He pitched point two of the innings, but you had Sanchez pitches point one and goes for th- uh, two earned, and then you had Romano who got the loss in the end. He yeah. went for four runs in that in that eleventh. So. You know, inexperienced players. It just showed yep. that when games go that long, you know, maybe there's. We spoke a little bit about the frailty of our pen, um, yeah. having lost a couple of the, our stalwarts a few few months ago. But it's all working very nicely. So, 
that's great. But I think, yeah, when games go that long, it just shows that maybe those guys coming up are going to struggle a little bit. So I think if we can close them out in nine, that's that's what that's going to be our plan going forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Get get ahead, stay ahead. Get ahead, stay <laughs> bring, ahead. Yeah, bring, like bring in Hader, close it out. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much how well, we try to And he's lights out this year, yeah. isn't he? He's been absolutely yeah, yeah, awesome. So uh, 22 saves and 39 innings pitched. ERA of 183. Yeah, three wins, two losses. Um, but I'll take the 22 saves and I think two blown saves any day. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what he's saying for term, mate, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember sort of when we played the Phillies and we got swept by them in the four-game series. Uh, Dave Shaw actually asked me why Hayda didn't appear. And I, the only answer I could give him was, we were never in front. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's, that's, yeah. that's when he's used, isn't it? You know, when we're in front. Absolutely. I mean, once or, well, once or twice, I know that we, we have used him when we wouldn't normally, just because he needs some time on the mound. Yeah. The problem, you know, with that, that position as a closer, if, if the team isn't putting itself into a position to be, you know, and if we're five or six runs ahead, Hader isn't coming out generally. And what happens is they kind of, you know, they get covered in cobwebs, don't they? They need to get yeah. out there. And um, and I think that showed when he, when he blew that save recently um, that it was just a little bit of, I don't know what do you want to call it match fitness yeah, I'm not he'd sure had a, but... yeah he'd had a few days off hadn't he and yeah, uh, yeah hadn't been needed so uh, yeah it must be, I, tough, it does, it must be really it? tough to go out there and just do it of course it is of course it is you know we're talking a a, a fine sport that that requires years and years of dedication to get to the standard that they're at and you know it, it can't work 100 percent all yeah, the time absolutely so there's always okay. going to be a blip yeah Okay, so, you know, offensively, fantastic. Defensively, very strong, solid. We're on a 7-3 streak, as we said, 5.95 season and a run differential of plus 89. So as a brewer, I'm, well, we're both clearly very, very excited about Definitely. the rest of the season. We currently sit six um, games ahead of the Cincinnati Reds, who at the moment seem to be one of the few teams probably capable of catching this. Because there's been um, some some activity recently uh with our friends uh, f- further down south in uh, in illinois um the chicago cubs uh, where they've been tanking and this this whole tanking thing is i think as a british sports fan it's quite a strange thing to see isn't it it's like your team's yeah. just been dismantled in front of you yeah i mean i guess this is the difference between the british and the american sports though isn't it because in america you don't have relegation or promotion so it doesn't matter if you're if you're not doing the things right then yeah you can reset and you can go again next year or you know just say okay for two years it's not going to be very good and we'll we'll rebuild and it just surprises me that chicago started off the season you know in first place and yeah okay they, they had the same offensive off, uh, worries that we had um weren't scoring very many runs you know i mean we're relying on eric sogard who you know <laughs> didn't really perform very well for us last year and, and then moves to the cubs um and you know he's now moved on but you still had some big names there who you know you just knew that you could get a game out of out of the cubs and particularly when you play against the uh, the brewers because of that rivalry you know you had Rizzo, Baez, Bryant all of that mm-hmm. um and I'm so surprised that the cubs have just gone yeah we, we've cut our losses we're, we're off you know and, and even sending like Kimbrell across the <laughs> across to the south side of Chicago yeah. you know it's and just such a surprise, isn't it? Season, hasn't it? And, and I think this is where, where Milwaukee's different because we're the small market team. We seem to be setting ourselves up to challenge year in, year out without spending lots of money. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't cost us very much and we just cut our losses and we go again. But 
with the way Chicago built their team back in 2015, 2016, it was big money. And obviously now they're not getting the results they want. They're cutting. And 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 the replacements for the, the Rizzo's are not the same standard. So, you know, it's, it is, as, as a Brewers fan, almost, you know, funny to see the Chicago Cubs tanking. But it's also mm. a bit of a shame because, you know, those, those Milwaukee Chicago Cubs games over the last two or three seasons have been excellent. Majority of them, you know. You know, you do want. I know it sounds like a a strange thing to say, but you do want you want relatively strong opposition. You know, certainly those rival games. You want okay, we want to win them, but and I'm sure there's there's plenty of Milwaukee fans out there who are more than happy for us to absolutely annihilate them when they're you know when they're on their knees. And um, I'm not saying that I wouldn't enjoy that either. But you do want your rivals to have something about them so that those games are exciting and they're great to watch. And there's always that tension of they could beat us. And that's Mm -hmm. part of that tension forms part of the excitement of watching sport, doesn't it? Um, I was just thinking more from a fan's perspective. Um, So, you know, it it cannot be much fun. Can it? If you've, you know, if you're a season ticket holder and you've, you've already paid to go and watch effectively a team of triple A players, really. You have to love the sport to be able to endure that sort of thing and I guess I guess with American sports that happens more often than not you get your your two three four years of really good play and then you slump a bit and then you have your two three four five years of of building back up again so yes I mean it's been great talking to you Sean obviously um you'll have to let us know when your podcast gets up and running and we'll be happy to do uh, a bit more of a pod crossover as well and uh you know we'll we'll come and join you and your pod and, and talk our limited knowledge of, <laughs> of NBA and, uh, you know, let us Should know. I call it 20 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was obviously I would wanted to mention that to you guys. I would love to have these on myself and Matt are looking to get started again, probably in about a month or so. And um, we thought we'd have a bit of break first anyway. So I will be looking to go in about a month or so. So I'll definitely give you a shout and we can look at getting a crossover with the four of us, get a good chat about the baseball and the bucks all in one. Yeah, that sounds yeah. excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a party yeah. I don't want to miss. Um, fantastic. Series champions then as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There we go. Even more to speak about. Okay, so Sean, it's been a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Uh, great to talk to you. As I say, you can you can find Sean uh, on Twitter at uk underscore books. If we don't speak to you before, good luck with the wedding and everything. And uh, All right, thank you very much. No worries. <laughs> I've managed to theme that well. Starts just before the um, NBA season restarts. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent timing. And to all of you out there, um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We do we do appreciate the support, um, the tweets, uh, the retweets and everything. It's, uh, as I said before, we do this because we love talking baseball and in this case, basketball. And we love, uh, yeah, we love getting the feedback from you guys. So thank you for your support. Uh, Mark, as ever, my friend, it's been a pleasure. You look after yourself. And yes, uh, we'll mate, do this again you. soon. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon, and obviously, uh, hopefully, we'll uh, be nearer to that postseason glory. Absolutely, mate. And for everyone out there, stay safe in these uh, weird and strange times. Um, and go Brewers! Go Brewers! Oh.